We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the final regular season episode of Chargers Analytics with Arjun. <sighs> One more game. One more game decides the fate of whether or not the Chargers will go on to the playoffs. And unlike the Raiders, unlike the Steelers, there is no magic formula or magic way for the Chargers to get in if they lose. It's win or go home. And since that's the case, that pretty much makes this a playoff game in itself. And I'd be lying if I told you guys I wasn't a little bit, a little bit nervous, even though we pretty much, pretty much beat the brakes off the Raiders outside of one quarter the last time we played them in LA. But this is where we are. We were we had a very high chance of making the playoffs just a couple of weeks ago. Then you blow a game versus the Texans. You know, you kind of choke a game versus the Chiefs on prime time. And now you're left with a winner go home situation, which it's not always fun. It's going to be super stressful watching the game, you know, and it would be somewhat disappointing if the Chargers don't make the playoffs, given how they started, given the expectations I think a lot of us had for the team. I think the national media kind of hyped this team up to the point where everyone was talking about them as a dark horse, Super Bowl contender. But like I said, this is where we are. And I, I guess the thing that would make me the most disappointed is I know for a fact that the Chargers are a much better team that their than their record indicates. Um, you know, I think that the offense has really come on strong to finish the year, um, and they've kind of gotten over that inc- over those inconsistencies they showed in the middle of the season that made me wary of them calling, or made me wary of calling them a Super Bowl contender. And I think they've really put together a really good stretch to end the year. Hopefully that continues versus the Raiders. You're going to need that to continue. But here's the thing. Like I know for a fact, the Chargers are better than the Raiders. They are a better team on offense. They are a better team on defense. If you compare every position group on both teams, Chargers are better at quarterback, running back, offensive line, receiver. With Waller back, the Raiders do have the edge at tight end. I would say they have an edge at at the edge position, you know, D end, outside linebackers. I would say interior D line is a toss up. Linebacker is a toss up, depending on how you view there and our players. We have the better corners if Nate Hobbs is out, and we have the better safety, safeties. So it doesn't, but here's the thing this is a playoff game. 
and it's one game to decide the fate of both teams. So it doesn't matter who's the better team. It doesn't matter who's the more talented team. It comes down to who plays the better, who plays as the better team during the game and who executes. That's really it. The Chargers will win this game if they execute like they have been executing the last couple of weeks on offense and they execute like they did on defense. Because at the end of the day, the Raiders are not a 9-7 and team. And if they make the playoffs, they're going to get splattered by the Chiefs in round one. Um, this table is, um, and sorry for bringing some old school math into this, this is pretty much the Pythagorean theorem for football analytics. This is taking a team's point differential. So it's taking their points scored, their points allowed. Remember, Pythagorean theorem is A squared plus B squared equals C squared. So points scored is A squared, points allowed is B squared. And when you combine those two values and you get the C squared, which is the expected wins based on you know, a team's point differential. So you can see like the Bills are, they should be projected to have 12.4 wins, but they only have 10. The Chargers um, are expected to only have 8.4 wins, but they have nine. So they've outperformed their Pythagoras expectations in terms of wins. The Raiders, they have a negative 68 point differential. And so they're only projected to have 6.2 wins and they have nine, which means they pretty much have three wins above expectations. Like this is a Raiders team that's been outperforming their schedule, their point differential all year. Now, let's not get this twisted, right? The Raiders, they have a three-game win streak, but they've beaten the Nick Mullen Browns by, by three, and that Nick Mullins Browns team was depleted across the board on offense and defense. They beat Drew Locke at home by four, and then they beat Carson Wentz on the road by three on, you know, a nice pass by Derek Carr, but, you know, Carr was off that game, and they were playing Carson Wentz, who didn't look like Carson, like, he didn't look like a good Carson Wentz. He was the bad Carson Wentz. So, the Raiders are coming into this game with a three-game win streak of, with a combined point differential of plus 10 in those three wins. We beat the Broncos by 21 alone, right? I don't care that Judy and Patrick are up. Like, we have, a better, we have a better point differential in one game than the Raiders do in three. So, like I said, the Chargers are the better team in this game, no doubt. But in the playoffs, it's not about who's the better team it's not about who has the better record or the better quarterback. It's about who plays better. So Raiders are at home. You know, home field advantage has shown up just a little bit in, in the advanced stats this year. But, like, the Chargers have won in Philadelphia. They've won in Kansas City. I know they have a 4-3 and three record on the road, but, man, like, this is a golden opportunity to really show the world that this is a team to be scared of next year. They lose this one. You're going home with a bitter taste in your mouth. You lost to a division rival. You know, you're like, let's be honest. If we lose to the Raiders, the next 24 hours are going to be absolute hell for Chargers fans because everyone knows what, you know, what kind of fans Raiders fans are when they win. One of the most toxic that you'll find, you know, out there in the in, in NFL. Now, the last thing I want to touch on uh, you know, Justin Herbert in primetime is an absolute god, if you guys haven't uh, don't know that already. In only five primetime games across his two years starting, he has 
1,423 passing yards, 16 total touchdowns, so pass, 14 passing, two rushing. He's only thrown two picks. Both of them have been batted, if I remember correctly, and one came off someone's helmet. It's a 91.5 PFF passing grade, and he averages a, a 0.272 EPA per play, which would be the best mark in the league if it stood across a whole season. So Justin Herbert, this guy's, this guy's good in primetime. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's been the best primetime quarterback over the past two years. But like I said, it's one game. Anything could happen. This is variance we're talking about. You know, anything across this whole stratosphere of outcomes could happen. So let's let's go into the Raiders, talk about, you know, how the Chargers are going into it, um, and then we'll wrap up the video. So, you know, Justin Herbert, if you look at his EPA for pass uh, for every game this year, you can see how inconsistent he's been, right? He has some really good highs against the Browns, had a horrible game against the Raider or against the Ravens. Uh, the pick six against the Patriots didn't help his EPA per play, but you can see these sharp spikes, which it, it looks like it's kind of continued, but honestly, this, this Chiefs game, his EPA per play, he lost about 15.73 EPA, total EPA, on three failed fourth down decisions, um, a tipped interception at midfield, and a third, uh, I, I believe a third down missed uh, throw or something. So he lost a ton of EPA on those plays, which hurt his overall efficiency on a per play basis. So really like this EPA per play number should be at least at the average mark if, if, it, if it wasn't for those fourth down and turnovers. So I'm not gonna give uh, Herbert too much of a, you know, I'm not gonna go too hard on him for that, but he's been really good over this five game chance. Like real, like he's been playing some of the best ball of his career and Chargers are gonna need that. They're gonna need that to continue against, you know, the, the Raiders who, you know, their defense, the last couple of games have only allowed 14, 13, and 20 points. Granted, the last three offenses he's played have been among the worst in the league over the last couple of weeks outside of the Colts. But even in the Colts, like Carson Wentz is not that good of a quarterback. So it's really tough to judge how, how the Raiders have been playing the last couple of weeks. But then you look at someone like Derek Carr, right? Like how, if, if we try, try to say, how has Derek Carr been been doing he hasn't been that good guys like he has not been at a been playing at a high level he was playing at a very good level to start the year I mean you can see these very very good performances he didn't do very well versus us you can see around a negative 0.2 EPA per play against us when we play on Monday Night Football but like since Henry Ruggs has got released in um after the Eagles game I mean he's had one two three four five six seven below average performances relative to his season-long EPA per play. Against the Colts, he had a pretty good game, but I would say a lot of that came in at the end of the game where a lot of his EPA came at the end of the game where they needed three and he was getting a lot of positive yardage. So Derek Carr's not been playing at a high level, especially in games where they needed him to produce. And that's why you see the Raiders only winning by three, only putting up 17 points. They just don't have the vertical threat with, without Henry Ruggs. Now, I know Darren Waller got hurt in the Cowboys game, so maybe Darren Waller getting hurt and being out for these five games has really had a detriment on the, on the Raiders' offense. But I don't know. Like, I don't know how much Darren Waller moves the needle to the point where Carr goes back to being a top-10 quarterback like he was at the beginning of the year. Now, obviously, having him back was going to help their offense, and I'm curious to see what the Chargers do against Waller and, more importantly, against Renfro on third down. But like I said, I wanted to show that Derek Carr has not been playing at a high level. Now, let's let's talk about 
the keys to this game. I think it, this is a key to any game, honestly, but to me, I think this game is one in the trenches and it's one either if our offense, like our offensive line has to hold up and our defensive line has to stop the run and get pressure on Derek Carr. I think that's, that's the only way we'll find success throughout the entirety of the game. Can the offensive line move people off the ball? Can the offensive line, you know, give Herbert clean pocket situations? Because as you can see, I mean, Justin Herbert, he, he's above average when it comes to his EPA under pressure. But look at this, like every quarterback has a negative EPA per play under pressure. No quarterback is producing positive plays on a per play basis. That's like, like Justin Herbert, if he's given clean pockets, which he's been given for the majority of the season, he will ball out against this Raiders team. I have no doubt about that. You can see Derek Carr, like he is, he's bordering that below average under pressure area on the graph. And it, it goes along with that whole, like, you know, Joey Bosa said, if you hit Derek Carr early, if you get some pressure on him early, like he folds, it's, it's a true statement. Like it's not anything he said, he didn't say anything wrong. So getting pressure on Carr, Bosa, Nwosu, I think this is ha this has to be a big Jerry Tillery, Justin Jones game. Like that interior offensive line for the Raiders with um, Alex Leatherwood at right guard and John Simpson at left guard. Like that, that is where you take advantage of the Raiders. I'm like, I would love to see Joey Bosa against Alex Leatherwood for a majority of the game, but then you kind of leave that edge, other edge spot open. It's kind of a weakness without Kyler Factor. You don't have that big, you know, guy to set the edge without Bosa out there. So you got to pick and choose your battles. But you can see Derek Carr, he's above average. He, he's honestly been better than Justin Herbert from a clean pocket. But Justin Herbert kind of have a, has a larger sample size there. But once Carr gets under pressure, yeah, it, it, it hasn't been pretty for him. Um, and then next thing I wanted to look at, you know, how how is each quarterback on both teams done when teams rotate versus when teams don't rotate? You can see Justin Herbert, best freaking quarterback in the league when teams rotate their coverage from pre-snap to post-snap. This means when teams show single high and rotate to two high, or when teams show two high and rotate to single high, no quarterback has been better than Justin Herbert um, this year in terms of EPA per play. Derek Carr, he's been above average in both categories when teams rotate and when teams don't rotate. Um, but, you know, we all know what Gus Bradley's going to do. He's going to show single high and he's going to play single high. So, you know, still Justin Herbert is – has about like a 0 0.3, 0 0.4 EPA per play when teams don't rotate their coverage pre-snap to post-snap. But, you know, it, it is a good sign, at least for the long run, that Justin Herbert's been very successful at reading coverages pre-snap to post-snap. Now, the Raiders, what do they do? We all know what they're going to do. They're going to play cover three. This is the Gus Bradley scheme, right? Uh, shout out to my guy uh, at Ryan Wiseman 12 on Twitter. Again, this is his website called The Kneel Down all the coverage stats that people clamor for PFF to make public. It's right here for people to use for free. So make sure to go take, take advantage of it, take advantage of it. Go follow Ryan Wiseman on Twitter. Um, so you can see the Raiders just like, they don't play any other coverage. They play cover three at about, maybe about a twice a rate than the league average. They play every other coverage at a below average rate compared to the rest of the league. So Gus Bradley's going to play cover three. He's going to you know, mix up the type of cover three. He's going to play cover three buzz, cover three match, maybe some cover three Mabel. 
you know, but they're all under the same tree, the cover three tree, no pun intended. We know what the Raiders are going to do. It's up to the Chargers to execute. Like I said, this is a game about execution. The Chargers are the better team. They're more, they're better coach, better quarterback. Can the receivers catch the ball? Can the offensive line, you know, not fall into the trap of making mistakes, limit the penalties. The Raiders are the second most penalized team in the NFL and have the second most penalty yards. Let them make mistakes. It worst comes to worst. I trust Mike Williams to make a play over Desmond Trufant or over Brandon Faison. They're going to draw a DPI, at least one of like one of three deep throws. I wouldn't go about targeting Casey Hayward, right? Or if Nate Hobbs is playing, I don't know what that situation is, but like, you know, Keenan on Nate Hobbs, I would still take Keenan in that matchup, right? Like you have to pick and choose your battles, find the matchups to exploit. If we look at the last Raiders game, when we played them, it was Jared Cook having six for 72, Justin Jackson had five catches. Like you take it, the, the Raiders weakness in coverage is their linebackers. Denzel Perriman is 5'10". He's been a coverage liability ever since he got into the league. KJ Wright is old as hell, slow legs. We took advantage of him on that wheel ride from Austin Eckler for Justin Herbert's third touchdown of the half um, in the last Raiders game. You have to take advantage of those linebackers and you know they're going to play cover three. So when they do, it's going to be all about going over the middle. Now, this is where, a game where I'd really like to have Donald Parham, but Jared Cook, I mean, if there is a game for, for him to gain back the trust and love from Chargers fans, this is it. Because these linebackers will give up yards and coverage. Jonathan Abram will give up yards over the middle, and they're the ones who are playing the hook zones a majority of the time. Right, so Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Jared Cook, McKitty, Anderson, it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be their game to win because I don't, the Raiders do a decent enough job of limiting production to receivers. And that's just the way they go. That's just the way Gus Bradley approaches defense. And it's going to like, it's going to be a lot of take the yards when it's there. A lot of dump offs. If they run play action, Eckler's going to be sitting on that little curl route out of the backfield. It's going to be there. Trust, I watched every, like almost every drop back from the last game. Those type of dump off passes are going to be there. You know, Gus Bradley is trying to prevent the big plays. Would not expect a Mike Williams or Jalen guided bomb like we've seen in weeks prior. The Chargers offense has been humming, but it, you know, Gus Bradley's defense has been playing at a at a somewhat decent level outside of those Kansas City games in the second half of the year. Now, what the Raiders do on offense, they they are a zone blocking team. They love to run inside zone, love to run outside zone which kind of makes sense given how they've drafted their offensive linemen, right? Colton Miller, big and athletic, Alex Leatherwood in a similar bully type fashion, get up to the second level. Um, I'm guessing they designed an inside zone scheme when they thought they'd have, you know, Denzel Good and Richie Incognito, but they don't. And so, you know, they're not very good at running the ball. Um, you can see they have pretty much a negative EPA per rush on every single run including inside zone and outside zone, where they're actually really bad at running outside zone, which is funny. So, you know, I'd invite them to run to Joey Bosa, run to Chenin Owosu. But like I said, stopping the run is going to be key. Getting Derek Carr in known pass situations, allowing the edge rushers to kind of just tee off on this makeshift, horrible offensive line. That's, that's how the Chargers are going to win this game, because you know, you get into these third and shorts. It's all about Hunter and Renfro making one move and boom, first down. And that's just going to compile all game. Last thing to talk about, 
Derek Carr is not very good versus cover three, not very good versus cover six. Those are the two of them big. Those are the two coverages the Chargers play the most. So the Chargers playing to their strengths and also playing to Derek Carr's weaknesses, I think will help them on the defensive side of the ball and, you know, hopefully allow them to continue this small streak of, of defensive success that they've had just, uh, you know, based on the Broncos week. So guys, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you all for watching this entire season with me. Hopefully I'll be on, uh, you know, next week doing another preview episode for the Chargers first opponent in the playoffs. I, I just don't know how this game is going to go because this is the Chargers. This is, you know, a franchise that hasn't really given the fans a lot of hope, even though we have Justin Herbert, we have Brandon Sealy. Like this is a game where it could go either way to win, go home. Like I said before, throughout the video, the Chargers are the better team. Almost every advanced metric will tell you that, but it's not about being the better team in a singular game. It's about who executes better. And we've seen that in the Raiders or in the Texans Chargers game. The Raiders just beat the Colts without Darren Waller. It's not about being better. It's about who plays better. So with that, I'd like to thank you all for watching my videos. I'll st I'm still going to be here with the, with the podcast, even after the season's over. Um, but it's, it's going to be, you know, my last regular season video, at least for the time being and that, and that's all. So with that, as always, bolts up.